if you can allow yourself to have authority over your emotion, which means that you can increase it or you can decrease it if you want to, and then show yourself that you could actually increase it because you're the one creating it, something changes in your brain. Welcome to Is This All There Is, the podcast for high-achieving women who have checked all the boxes of success and are left feeling overwhelmed, unfulfilled, and stuck. I'm your host, Dr. Amanda Ryan Fear, and in each episode, we'll use principles of cognitive psychology, feminist theory, and expert mindset coaching to help you build the confidence and clarity you need to accomplish whatever it is you want, even if you don't yet know what that is. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Welcome to Is This All There Is? I hope that you are having a good day whenever it is that you're listening to this. We are wrapping up a lovely weekend. The weather has been beautiful here in the Portland area. Not too hot, not too rainy and cold. So I will take it. We had family over this weekend for dinner. And inevitably, as it usually does, the conversation turned to horses. For those of you who don't know, I ride horses. We live on a small horse farm just outside of Portland. And yeah, a lot of my day is taken up. The parts that aren't taken up with coaching and family are taken up with horses. And I actually just got home from a riding lesson. But anyway, inevitably, when I tell people that I ride, they have one of two reactions, actually three reactions. The first one is they also ride. And so we talk about that. The second reaction is that they rode once a really long time ago, maybe on a beach in Mexico or on a trail ride, and it was a good experience. And then it seems like there, there's a pocket of people, a fairly large pocket, that rode once and it was a traumatic experience. Either they couldn't get the horse to go or they couldn't get the horse to stop or the horse bit them or something happened and they've been afraid of horses ever since. And I have so much compassion for this group of people who've had traumatic experience with horses because, yeah, they are huge prey animals that are prone to reacting to things to save themselves. And it can be super traumatic. And that got me thinking about nervousness, specifically nervousness around riding, but also all all areas of nervousness where it shows up in our lives. And my daughter actually came off of her horse in a show a couple of weeks ago, and it was really scary for all of us. She's fine, but it was super scary when it happened. And I was really worried that she was going to be afraid to start riding again. She hasn't been back up on her horse since. She's still recovering physically. But speaking with her about it, I was super encouraged where she said that she would probably be a little bit nervous to get on and to get back in the saddle, but basically she wasn't going to let that stop her. And I love that. As she told me about a video that she saw where a lot of people were talking about their fear of horses, like I was just talking about before. And the point of the video was that, yeah, horses are really large. They're prey animals. They can be unpredictable. But that's not a problem. You can fall off. You can get hurt. But that doesn't have to stop you. That's the difference between kind of quote unquote horse people and quote unquote not horse people. And that's that horse people just keep on going, right? Like I have broken my knee off of a horse. I've had my (laughs) toenails pulled off from horses stepping on me. 
I've been bitten by horses. I've been kicked in the face, but I just keep going. (laughs) But I also get it that some of those things could be super traumatic for other people. So anyway, the point of all of that is the whole idea of fear and nervousness. And I want to talk about how to handle nervousness, whether it's getting on a horse or giving a talk on stage or having a challenging conversation. We all get nervous, but we don't have to make that nervousness a problem. It doesn't have to stop us. So when I was an assistant principal, I used to get super nervous anytime I had to get up in front of my staff to teach something or to talk about something. Now, I could talk at assemblies to hundreds of kids, but once you put me in front of my peers, I kind of fell apart. And the more that that happened, the more that I thought that the staff could tell how nervous I was, which made it worse. The more time that I spent in my head feeling nervous and noticing how nervous I was, the more nervous I got. And I tried to resist it and pretend I wasn't nervous, which never worked. So when you resist nervousness or you try to get rid of it, or you think there's something wrong with you, when you feel it, you actually make it worse. By trying to pretend that you aren't nervous or you push it away or resist it or ignore it, it makes it worse because you tighten up your breathing. And then you're trying to brace yourself for all of that stress that's happening in your body. And when you take something that's already happening quickly and you tighten it, it makes it happen more. So the first thing I want to offer you is when you feel that that fear within your body, when you feel what you would call nervousness or anxiety happening because you're about to do something that you've never done before, or you've done something that you were you've done before and were nervous when you did it, the key is really to not allow that tightening to happen by embracing it, by allowing it, by creating space for it. To actually, if you can, ask if you can have more of that feeling. Whenever I notice myself having an emotion, specifically like anxiety or fear, that I know there's no actual physical danger to me, I ask my body if it can give me more of it because that kind of stumps your brain. Your brain is kind of like, give you more? I can't do that. And that helps to short circuit that that fear response. I know that sounds totally counterintuitive. But I promise you it's very, very powerful. If you can allow yourself to have authority over your emotion, which means that you can increase it or you can decrease it if you want to. And as soon as you tap into that and stop resisting it happening to you and you embrace it and then show yourself that you could actually increase it because you're the one creating it, something changes in your brain. You realize that you're actually in charge of your own sensations when it comes to creating nervousness. Because nervousness comes from a reaction in your primitive brain, there's no two things that I think happen, especially when we're speaking on a stage or speaking in front of people on a webinar or even in social media. There's the perspective that we get in our brain that we're separate from the group. You know that feeling if you've ever been on stage where you look around and you're like, oh my gosh, it's just me and everybody else is out there. We're putting ourselves out there alone and there's a group that literally is separate from us. So you think about being on a stage, you've isolated yourself from the group, and your primitive brain translates that into real danger. Now, there is no real danger. You're not going to get eaten by an animal. You're not going to be left behind. You're not going to be separated and have no resources. But your primitive brain doesn't understand that. Your primitive brain sees the separation and is trying to figure out why you're not part of the group. Why have you been isolated? 
And when you understand that your brain is just having a thought error, it's just confused, you can relax. Have you ever been walking somewhere and someone jumps out at you and scares you? And you have this moment of terror, but only lasts a moment because right after that, you're like, oh, I'm actually safe. That was pretend. They're just messing around with me. So your brain had that experience of legitimate fear for a moment, but then you calmed yourself down because you realized that it was a thought error. It was an error in your thinking because it wasn't actually a threat to you. And then you can laugh about it, or maybe you can get mad about it. It depends. (laughs) So your brain had that experience for a moment. It was terrified for one moment, but then you were able to calm yourself back down when you realized there wasn't an immediate threat. That's the exact same thing you can tell your brain when it's panicking that something's about to kill you. Really, it's just someone jumping out at you from around the corner. Really, it's just a group of people in the audience that actually want you to do well. You're not separated from them at all. They're there to hear what you have to say. That helps to calm yourself down. The next thing I want you to know is that trying to make it go away, nervousness, is not a good use of your energy. It's not a good use of your time or a good use of your brain. You can let it be there. Just because you're feeling nervous doesn't mean that anything's gone wrong. It's part of the experience. If I told you every time you got up on stage, you were going to sneeze three times, you probably would be like, okay, that's weird, but I can handle that. It's the same thing if I tell you every time you get on stage or you're about to get on a phone call or you're about to have a a challenging conversation with somebody, you would feel the sensation of nervousness, then it wouldn't become such a problem. You can let it be there. You can recognize, okay, I'm going to feel a little shaky. I'm going to feel like it's hard to breathe. But that doesn't mean that it has to be a problem. It's just your brain doing its job. When you're able to notice yourself being nervous, and in that noticing, in that minute, you've actually pulled yourself out of experiencing it, you're observing it. You've given yourself a respite from it in the same way that you do for any emotion when you take a moment to observe yourself having it. So instead of resisting it and reacting to it, you can let it be there and take a moment to observe it to notice, oh, I'm feeling nervous. It gives you a breath in between that feeling of fear. And you're able to say, oh, this is nervousness. It's not a big deal. It's not going to hurt me. I don't have to react to it. I can let it be there and it's okay. I can create space for it. Something else to remember, especially if you're putting yourself out there in the world, it's very easy to get caught up in being in it being about you and how you feel and what you're doing and what they're thinking about you. I know when I was a beginning teacher, this was really challenging for me because I would look out at the sea of faces of my students. And high school students aren't necessarily the most like engaged and approving audience. And so I learned pretty quickly to not look to them to gauge my performance. But looking out at that sea of faces, I got so in my head about, oh my gosh, are they getting it? Do they do they like me? Do they are they understanding what I'm teaching? And Yes, when you're teaching, you want to make sure that your your audience is actually along for the ride with you and understanding and getting the concepts. But I would get so in my head about it that I would get nervous. So you 
don't, as soon as you get in your head about you, you're going to get even more nervous and more wrapped up in your own emotional energy instead of focusing on the person you're with or your audience. And if you can stay focused on the people that you're serving and why you're there, it'll make it so much easier for you because they don't care that you're nervous if you can help them. And they don't care what's going on for you in terms of being worried about them judging you if you can help them. They're there for themselves. It's like they don't, they don't really care about you. They care about your message. They care about what you're teaching them, what you can do for them. They're not thinking that consciously. Like you probably have never gone to a presentation or a workshop thinking, I don't actually care about this presenter. I just want to know what she has to say to help me. But really subconsciously, that's what's going on. That's why they're listening to you speak. That's why they're there for what you have to offer. And if you can show up to help them and focus on serving them in the highest way you can, then it's okay that you're nervous. You're willing to do it nervous. I think that's super important. It's not about you. So don't get so wrapped up in I'm so nervous, I'm so sweaty, I'm so shaky, they can hear my voice shake. Start to focus on your audience. What are you there to give them? What do they need from you? How can you focus on their life? How can you make their lives better? Giving them information that they need to create whatever it is that you're there to serve them with. So the first concept about nervousness that I mentioned was allow it to be there. Don't resist it. It can be there. You can breathe through it. It's not a problem. Create space for it. Even ask for more of that feeling if you can. The other thing is, remember, You're in front of an audience and you're there in that moment to step out of your comfort zone to serve the people, to help them, to love them, to give them what they need. It's not about you, it's about them. The next thing I want you to know is that one of the biggest ways that we'll evolve as a human species is we'll learn how to overcome these primitive brains that are holding us back. As we learn how to overcome our more primitive brains, we'll become more evolved. And we'll utilize our more advanced brains inside of our heads to be able to create amazing creative solutions for the world. When we recognize that something like nervousness is just an emotion that is created by a primitive brain that doesn't have all the information, we can utilize the highest level of our brain and intelligence and motivation to overcome that and step into the next level of our own personal development and ultimately the next level of the human evolution. That doesn't mean you have to get rid of it. It just thinks that there's an actual danger when there isn't an actual danger. So this leads me into my next point, which is you need to expand this portion of your brain. You need to seek out failure. I think we should all seek out opportunities to fail, which I know is making you freak out more. We really should be seeking out opportunities where we could be humiliated, where we could fail terribly in in front of other people. If we pursue our dreams, we pursue our ideas, and the worst that could happen is we make a mistake on stage, or we say something dumb, or we have writer's block, we don't know what to say, we get too nervous that we can't do it, that overcoming that feeling, overcoming that failure is part of the work that we need to do to expand for our own personal and collective evolution. So I want to encourage you to sign up for things that make you super nervous, even if that means you have a post-traumatic response afterwards. Being able to overcome that and then do it again and again and again is what's required for you to overcome that primitive brain that thinks you're about to die every time you post something on the internet. You have to show your brain again and again that you didn't die and you're actually fine and that you can do it again. And then eventually, 
you get to the point where you can go up on stage and you can serve your community. You can serve your people and you won't feel as nervous because your job will feel too big and you'll feel like what you have to offer is too important and you won't want to be holding back because of your own limitations, what could be serving and helping someone else in their life. If you want to build stronger mental health, you need to build your ability to seek and overcome negative emotion. That means fear. That means putting yourself in situations where you could fail, you could embarrass yourself, and then recover and repeat. Poor mental health often comes from an avoidance of anything that would create negative emotion and a lack of awareness of where negative emotion comes from. When we avoid life because we want to avoid any kind of nervousness or fear, we miss out on the opportunity to learn the skill of how to feel an emotion, how to actually let it be there. I don't think there's a more important skill for us to develop our own personal confidence. When you put yourself out there, when you get to the point where you know how to experience negative emotion and are no longer afraid of experiencing it, you'll put yourself out there more. You'll seek failure more. You'll put yourself on more stages. You'll put yourself on more posts. You'll be able to be up on more webinars. You'll tell more people. You'll show up bigger in the world. And when you do that, we all benefit. We all get to see more of what's available from your beautiful human brain and from other human beings. And as we collaborate and as we share our abilities and as we get over negative emotion, we literally create a better world where we can cooperate and collaborate and make everything go to the next level. What it means to be a human being is to experience this world is a complete polarity, the good, the bad, the ugly. To experience ourselves as positive and negative, not to pretend like the negative isn't there, not to, to say that we never get nervous or say that we shouldn't ever get nervous, not to be afraid of negative emotion and hide from it, but to embrace it and move towards it. So I want you to think about what is the worst part of being nervous for you? And is it worth the best part of what you have to offer? And if the answer is yes, you want to show up in your life and invite things into your life that make you nervous. When you have a physical sensation that doesn't seem like it's created by your brain, even though I promise you it is, because you're in an environment where you think you're isolated and separated from the world, any leader is going to feel this way. Anyone who's pulled themselves out of the group in order to offer something of value in order to lead that group are going to feel nervous because your primitive brain will think something has gone horribly wrong and that you're in danger. But I want to encourage you to do more of that. Be nervous on purpose. The next time you find yourself with your heart quickening and you feel a little sweaty or you feel like there's a little bit of palpitation, just say, yes, I'm living this amazing, awesome life. I'm putting myself out there, willing to feel all the experiences that are available to me, including feeling nervous. I have so much love and honor and respect for you. And I would say embrace the nervousness, make things happen for yourself, keep moving forward. There's nothing that nervousness can do to hurt you as long as you don't hold yourself back in because of it. So if you would like some help learning to let your emotions, all of your emotions be there, feel the positive ones, feel the negative ones, be here for that full human experience. If you'd like some support calming your nervous system after taking big risks, and if you'd like accountability to take those big risks to build up your tolerance for nervousness, I'm here to help you. You can always book a consultation call with me. I'll walk you through the procedures that I use to help with all of these things, to help with 
getting you out of your primitive brain and more in your prefrontal cortex, that's the supervisor part of your brain that can make more rational decisions. I'm happy to help. You can book a consultation call on my website, amandaryanfear.com backslash consultation. Again, Amanda, A-M-A-N-D-A, Ryan, R-Y-A-N, fear, F-E-A-R.com backslash consultation. I hope you have a great day. Take care. If you found this podcast helpful, head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. And go ahead and send it to a friend while you're at it. Thank you. My mission in life is to liberate women from the limiting beliefs that are holding them back from living their fullest, most joyful lives. If you'd like to learn more about my work, check out my website at www.amandaryanfear.com. That's A-M-A-N-D-A-R-Y-A-N-F-E-A-R.com, where you can find links to join my free private Facebook group and learn more about working with me. 